This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big line? MAGA media. I wish, in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, live, we are in Phoenix, Arizona at uh, Turning Point USA's America Fest. I've got my uh, my wingman here, Natalie Winters. We finally got her off the beach of, uh, of Palm Beach. It takes a lot to get Natalie to the desert. It's not, not Very easy. Very true. So thank you. You've been here for a couple of days. Uh, give me the sense. Uh, I've got Father Frank Pavone and uh, Steve Cortez, Ben Harnwell to tee us off. But give us a sense. You've been here for the last couple of days. Give us a sense of, uh, of what really is, if not the most important conservative gathering of the year in the top one or two it's conservative davos here i think (laughs) not as cold but still pretty cold but no it's been absolutely fantastic i don't think any amount of fbi collusion or dhs censorship operations are going to be able to kind of quell the misinformation that's coming out of this event people are really really excited to be here and people are really really educated on the issues i was really surprised by that i mean i know the war room posse is very well informed but it seems like people are really really well versed not just on the issues facing them but up to date on what's happening at the RNC, um, with the election battles here in Arizona, really full spectrum dominance, as I would call it. So it's really, really nice to see how yeah. invigorated and into yeah. it everyone here is. That's one of the great things about coming to these conferences. Yeah. You get to network, you get to meet people. But I tell you, the watchword here is how informed the audience is. And, and Natalie, you know, that's one of the things we try to do at the War Room mm-hmm. is make sure people understand the inside baseball, unlike the big fight for the speakership, why that's important. What, what's at stake here with the omnibus bill? What's going on with Kerry Lake, right? And, uh, uh, and of course, everything with the vaccines, all of that. And you're right, the people are really up to speed on all the information. The reason is it's, they want the immersive experience, and that's what we give them here at the War Room. Look, it, we're live, so we're going to be making this up as we go along. We're going to call a lot of audibles. <laughs> Matt Gates, Lauren Boebert, uh, Mike Lindell, we got a ton of people who are going to be in and out of the uh, in and out of our set today, and of course Charlie Kirk uh, will relieve us at noon. And actually, Charlie's going to do it from the same set, so we're going to have some uh, changeover with uh, Charlie live. So, Amfest, we're going to be calling audible. So, first one we want to do is bring in Father Frank Pavone. This story was the lead story on Daily Mail yesterday uh, about really the top priest. Uh, in our country, and particularly the top priest who for 50 years or 40 years of his life dedicated to reversing Roe v. Wade. He got it done. And then over the weekend, we got the word that the Vatican, and particularly the Pope, and Ben Harnwell called this as soon as it came out, the Pope very specifically, I guess, took his took being a priest away. Let's bring in Father Frank Pavone. Father Frank, uh, thank you for joining us this morning in the War Room. Hey, Steve, it's a pleasure to be with you. Wish I was there in person with you. So, well, we're going to try to work on that. I think the audience here would love to see you person, love to see you on the main stage. Walk us through, look, you've dedicated your life uh, to yes. the unborn. You've dedicated your life to turning around Roe v. Wade. You, you worked, you were the guy in the vineyard on the cloudy days when it looked like uh, it was a forgotten issue. There was no way it could be reversed. 
you had really one of the biggest political victories in American history just a couple of months ago at the Supreme Court. Tell us what happened over the last 24, 48 hours. How, how did the Pope come in and say, hey, you're no longer a priest? Well, Steve, this is the culmination of something that's been going on for 21 of the 40-some-odd years that I've been uh, working in pro-life leadership. Uh, there are some in the church that don't like what we do. Uh, they don't like that we focus on abortion as the main issue. We show people what an abortion is. Uh, we're not apologetic. You know, one bishop said, Father Frank, you're too aggressive on abortion. I said, well, when abortion stops being so aggressive on the babies, uh, then you come and talk to me. But, uh, you know, we have compassionate healing ministries and so on. And the fact of the matter is it's been a 21-year battle. Just like there's a deep state, there's a deep church. And there are those who, just like we see in the political arena, they'll make up stories, they'll launch fake investigations. They've been trying to cancel me for over two decades. It hasn't worked. They started by just trying to give me a different assignment. They said, oh, you can't do full-time pro-life work anymore. I said, well, this is a matter of my conscience, and the work is succeeding, and it's saving lives, so I would ask permission to keep doing it. So they couldn't stop that. Then they tried to discredit the organization. They did the usual things, oh, financial questions and whatnot. That didn't work because we've always had clean audits, and we publicized them. So then they said, well, the only thing left to cancel this guy is to take away his priesthood itself. So... Um, Patrick Zurich, Bishop of Amarillo, uh, he deserves uh, uh, some pushback on this. He's been the ringleader, and uh, they've been trying to complain, but just, it's just it's just the constant complaint machine, you know. Despite the fact that we're doing work that so many of our viewers support, some of these bishops just don't want to hear any of it, and so they use they weaponize the procedures within the church. Just like we see the Democrats weaponizing procedures within the government to sideline those they hate. Let me ask you an uncomfortable question. Is, is because I thought life was a central tenet of, uh, of the Christian faith and, and the underpinnings of the Judeo-Christian West and your focus, really that your maniacal focus, which had to happen in order to reverse the, the slaughter of the innocents. How could that not be a top priority uh, for the hierarchy of the church? And was this effort to remove you basically related to Roe v. Wade being reversed and all of a sudden you became in the, in the rest of the right to life uh, crew became an uncomfortable, you know, adjunct. All of a sudden the, the Democratic left was going to make that a major campaign issue in 2022 and they want you guys to go away. And the way to make you go away is take out the leader of this movement, Father Frank Pavone. It's 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 partially that, you know, Steve, I think it's related more to the way that Roe v. Wade got reversed, which, as you know, well, you and I know and so many who, you know, worked uh, uh, with President Trump, uh, if it weren't for his election. Uh, if it weren't for his steadfastness in getting those three Supreme Court justices on the bench, this would not have happened. And uh, he told us that in 2016. He said, if I get to appoint two or three justices, Roe v. Wade will be reversed automatically because these justices are going to respect the Constitution. They, uh, these, Some of these bishops have been angry at me for my support of Donald J. Trump and for the fact that I told them, all the way up to the Pope himself, I told them I will not back away from supporting the most pro-life president of the United States. That's got them enraged. They know I'm going to continue to support uh, Trump and, 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 and the policies uh, that all of us believe in, uh, in the MAGA movement. And so that really is, is the crux of the matter here. Have you been, walk us through, were you confronted before about Trump? Did they tell you to back off? Because one of the things they put out was blasphemous 
social media posting, right? Yeah. Is it because well, you came on War Room because of the fact that you supported Trump? It, 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 there's a, the support for Trump. They challenged me about that along the way, several points along the way. You know, both in the in both campaigns, I was on the advisory boards for Catholic issues and for pro-life issues. And in the second campaign, uh, they told me, oh, you can't have an official title. You know, I was national co-chair of Pro-Life Voices for Trump, very proudly. Yeah. And uh, so the Vatican said, oh, no, you can't, priests can't do that. So I said, okay, you know, the campaign is fine with that. They don't, you know, I, I don't have to have an official title. But then, oh, they were very happy, you know, that, that I made that change. But then when I continued supporting the president and his policies, then they complained again. I said, well, why don't you be honest with me? It's not about having a title. It's not about being on a committee. It's about you don't want us supporting this, this, these policies and this, and this president. So they're not honest, Steve. They're not honest with me. They're not straightforward. They behave like little children. And that's why, you know, I want to say to our, our viewers, you know, if the work is worthy of support, we got to move forward together and let's just keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. My board and my staff are behind me a thousand percent. We're not going to change and we're going to keep saving lives, healing wounds and electing pro-life candidates. When, when you're in conversation or in dialogue before this, uh, before they stepped in and, and, and removed you from the priesthood, uh, did you ever bring up the fact that Democrats like Nancy Pelosi and, uh, and I think Dick Durbin and Joe Biden uh, profess Catholics support? And I mean, the most aggressive form of abortion, plus a whole other raft of really anti uh, Judeo-Christian West values that they try to jam into the schools every day. Did that conversation ever come up with these bishops and with the Vatican? Yes, yes. And um, and I never you know, it's not. A dialogue the way that we would understand it and that's the sad thing about this uh the way they've been treating me has been a one-sided narrative i bring these things up in fact I've written an open letter to the, several open letters to the U.S. bishops about the fact that we've got to be more vocal regarding Biden, Pelosi, and their kind of fake Catholics. And I get no response. I try to initiate a dialogue. I put it out there publicly. The voters respond. The folks that are watching us respond, uh, and, but the bishops don't respond. And I think that part of our pushback here has to say, has to be, you know, each person communicating with the bishop in their own diocese and saying, listen, you guys have to get on board here. We're on board. We're with Father Frank and, and the pe people that are pointing out these these uh, these problems. Uh, why don't you get on board with us? And uh, so, Steve, it's been a very one-sided uh, one-sided narrative. What is their problem with Pre President Trump's not the most churchy individual. He'd be the first to admit, but he's had the back of, of the basic values of our civilization and has taken tough action to support that, yeah. particularly the, the basic tenets of the Catholic Church. What is their problem with what is specifically their problem with Trump as you see it? As I see it, Steve, the problem uh, is their loyalty to their Democrat friends. They've got the bishops are in tight with a lot of the key Democrat leaders. And, you know, they help them out on certain social programs that are important to the church. Uh, that's fine. But uh, that doesn't justify giving them a free pass when it comes to abortion. And I think they just don't want to offend their friends. Uh, it, boy, it's as simple as that. There's Democrat loyalty there. But I pointed out to these bishops, you know, the church wouldn't be... Uh, 
wouldn't have the freedom uh, that we have today to do what we're doing, uh, including in those other realms, you know, serving the poor and so forth. If it weren't for President Trump's defense of religious liberty, he's done more for the freedom of the church than anybody. And uh, that includes the, you know, the very existence of ministries like mine. Uh, it's, it's thanks to his steadfast uh, uh, defense of religious freedom. So I, I think the bishops owe it to themselves and to him to take account of, of what he's done for the church and to stop being you know, more loyal to the Democrats than to their own uh, church. What they did to you, it was, it was so dramatic, so bold, and so absolutely dead, just wrong. Do you think this leads, do you think this is the beginning shot of a real schism in the church? It could be. It could be. Uh, I don't want that to happen. Uh, in fact, Steve, there's been the Pope himself has been advised uh, that uh, there is a better solution uh, to the, the, you know, Father Frank problem. And that is, you know, put me under a different bishop. Uh, and in fact, the Vatican authorized that three years ago. Like I said, this has been a long story. People can read the whole detail of it at fatherfrankpavone.com. I got the documentation. I got the letters. I'm going to post everything there. I'm just going to expose the whole thing. But uh, three years ago, the Vatican said, hey, just, you know, Father, you can get away from Bishop Zurich, who's been causing all this trouble, and uh, go under a more favorable bishop. And there are other favorable bishops willing to receive me. And, and we came to an agreement. Uh, the only problem was then the Vatican said, well, you can only do your pro-life stuff half half the time. You have to spend the other half of the time in the diocese. And it's like, you're not, you're not getting it. Uh, there's a movement here that I'm helping to lead We've got to end abortion. We've got to overturn Roe v. Wade. We've got to save these babies. We've got to heal the moms that have hurt from abortion. We've got to provide alternatives to abortion. This is a full-time job. And and um, I don't to this day, they've never explained why they said I could only do it half the time rather than full-time. That's the nonsense that's been going back and forth. The reason that's not they don't want it full-time, they don't want you as leader of this movement. I mean, you're one of the leaders right. of the most important religious movements in the United States. There's just no doubt about that. What you did was Herculean to reverse war. Everybody said it would never happen. I've talked to people right. for decades that said yeah. it would never happen. It was because of your efforts. If you can hang on for one second, Father Frank, we're going to take a short commercial break. I want to get Ben Harnwell, who's actually in Rome and uh, Steve Cortez into this conversation. We're going to take a short commercial break. We're live here at AmFest. As soon as they open the doors, I think we're going to start getting some posse members here. We're going to start doing interviews. I got Natalie Winters. We're going to have the entire crew. I think Mike Lindell, Matt Gates, Congressman Bobert, um, a lot of people to coming in and going to talk about the RNC, this entire really throwdown for the chairmanship. Short commercial break. Father Frank Pavone, Steve Cortez, and Ben Harnwell from Rome next in the war room. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden, more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, the deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer, by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text Bannon to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Text Bannon to 989898 and claim your free, no-obligation info kit. Don't let the left devalue your savings. 
own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bannon to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. We're live in Phoenix at uh, the convention center here. We're at AmFest. A lot of activity today. We're going to be in the thick of all of it. I want to go to uh, back to Father Pravone. Father Pravone, walk us through what the Warren Posse needs to do, what's your next steps, how you can be supported. Because I've talked to hundreds of pretty prominent people in this movement in the last 24 hours, and they are a belief that this is a throwdown by the Pope, and it's going to lead to a schism. And that this is going to be, you know, this is only the opening salvo of something that's going to get very nasty and that people are not going to back down on this all because they've seen the corruption uh, in the church. I'm going to talk to Natalie here in a minute about the CCP and McCarrick. Uh, Steve Cortez has some thoughts on that. So this is there are literally millions of people that have your back. So what's the next step? You know, Steve, thank you for that. I want to ask everybody to just do something very simple. Get the full story about this at our website, endabortion.us. You'll see the links there. I'll be updating it with more of what's happening. Just help me to spread the word. This is a matter of, you know, they say, oh, there's no appeal. You're not a priest anymore. And I say there is an appeal to the people, to the people of God. So if the listeners and the viewers take the information, take a few minutes to read through it, and then spread it as far as you can. Support us because we need the bishops to see that there's an outpouring. If they think they can get away with this, uh, we need to prove them wrong. And, uh, you know, it's the same way we respond to a lot of these other problems that we're all facing. So endabortion.us is the website. What, what, what's your social media in, people, in case people want to, if they go to the website, give the speed to keep, keep up with you 24-7? Fr Frank Pavone is uh, the, the address on all the major platforms. Fr Frank Pavone. Father Pavone, thank you for checking in with you this afternoon and tomorrow. Thank you very much, sir. All right, thank you. God bless. Thank you, Father Frank Frank Pavone. Uh, Cortez, let me bring you in first. Your thoughts and uh, analysis. Well, you know, first, it, it's fascinating, I think, just during this interview to see how cheerful Father Frank is, even while he is being persecuted, certainly, in my view. Look, this man is a hero. He is a godly man. And he has been a war warrior who has paved the way spiritually for the political warrior, pro-life warrior, who was Donald Trump, who achieved something that for decades was thought to be hopeless, and that is overturning of Roe v. Wade, um, attacking this culture of death so that we can start to rebuild a culture of life in this country. Uh, a couple of points I would make to the audience. One is uh, compare and contrast the treatment of Father Pavone by the U.S. bishops with very political leftist priests. And let me give you a couple of examples. Father James Martin, who's a very prominent Jesuit, he is the editor-in-chief of their flagship uh, publication, America Magazine. He regularly spews not just leftist political leanings, uh, but ideas that are totally contrary to Catholic doctrine. And yet he faces no discipline at all. As a matter of fact, quite the opposite. He, he really gets amplification, both from Rome as well as from U.S. bishops. And another example might not be as widely known in Chicago is Father Michael Flager, uh, who is an incredibly radical leftist, I would say even Marxist activist, somebody who quite recently in his Catholic church in Chicago invited Louis Farrakhan, that merchant of hate, in to speak from the Catholic pulpit. 
and yet he is a priest in good standing. So the, the lesson here, I think the takeaway from the liberal bishops, unfortunately, is you can be very political as, as a priest as long as it's leftist. What you can't be is a political conservative priest like Father Pavone. And here's what I would also like to say to Steve is why this matters to America broadly, because there might be folks out there in the audience who say, oh, I'm an evangelical or I'm not a believer at all. This is sort of inside baseball. Catholicism doesn't matter to us. And I would I would just uh, try to persuade the audience how much it does matter to the country. Uh, the Catholic Church is by far the largest denomination in the United States. And I would also submit to you that this country's turn towards secular humanism largely flowed out of the confusion that followed Vatican II. So in other words, what happened in Rome had enormous fallout for the United States. It mattered for our culture, our politics, everything. Even if you've never darkened the door of a Catholic church, believe me, this matters greatly to you. Look, you were pretty uh, adamant. You wrote a couple of great columns on this Marriage Equality Act. Father Martin and others in the in the Catholic hierarchy would, didn't fight this tooth and nail. Give right. us your because you, you were one of the few people came out and said, "Hey, this is an attack on the Christian religion. This is an attack on the fundamentals of the Judeo Christian uh, faith." Uh, walk us through that because you never didn't no. see these guys fighting uh, fighting the Marriage no. Equality Act. No, the, the deafening silence, you know, unfortunately, there were a few brave ones out there. Cardinal Dolan, who's somebody who's not considered to be right wing at all, the Archbishop of New York City, he thankfully uh, did speak out very powerfully against this act. But in general, yes, it got very little pushback from the Catholic hierarchy. And, and unfortunately, that Catholic hierarchy, here's the reality. Young Catholic priests right now tend to be very orthodox in their uh, religiosity, and they tend to be very conservative when it comes to politics. But a lot of these bishops are the people who their formative years were exactly what I was talking about before in the in the in the confusion in the wake of Vatican II in the 60s and 70s and they now occupy the positions of power in the American Catholic Church and they didn't overwhelmingly push back against this so-called Respect for Marriage Act, which actually had nothing to do with gay marriage, which is actually the law of the land and available everywhere in the United States. What it really involved was a very brazen weapon that can be used by the federal government to attack any organization and specifically Christian organizations who believe that marriage is what it has always been, ordained by God, a sacred covenant union of one man and one woman. There is now a legal weapon to go after those of us who believe in that. And believe me, this so-called Respect for Marriage Act is going to lead to a knock on the rectory door of churches that do not want to refuse to perform same-sex marriages. That was the point of it. And yet, it got 39 Republican House members. It got... Uh, 12 Republican Senate members to vote for that atrocity of a bill. Steve, I would submit to you that if the Catholic Church were the Catholic Church of decades gone uh, by, if, if it had the kind of moral authority that it used to have, it could have stopped that bill. That's a perfect example of why the Catholic Church's weakness right now, particularly in the hierarchy, why it matters not just for Catholics, but it matters to the country at large. Let's play. Can we play? Um, can we play the call? Let's play his chalk talk. I want to get a little capital markets in before we lose Cortez. Let's go ahead and play it. Patriots, you're probably painfully aware of just how bad the U.S. economy is, but you may not be aware that Biden has, in fact, created the worst economy in the developed world. Let me show you that by the numbers in a chalk talk brought to you by Getter. First, let's look at the performance here at home year to date for the technology NASDAQ index minus 31% this year. Perhaps even more alarming though, treasury bonds, normally the flight to safety mechanism, the safe harbor for financial assets, down almost as much as the NASDAQ. This combination 
has never happened before in American history. Why? Because of Biden's inflation explosion plus an economy that is crashing, as evidenced by the latest terrible number out, composite PMI, Purchasing Managers Index. These are collected all over the world. They give you a very good apples to apples comparison among countries. Our number, 44, is the worst in the advanced world for some comparison. China, which is doing terribly, is still above the U.S. at 47. Same with U.K. at 49. Even Russia at war clocks in at 50. Same for Spain and Japan. Singapore up at 56. These numbers point to the reality, the urgency of the incoming House GOP to start restoring our prosperity immediately. So the, the Biden regime keeps telling me it's the best economy in the uh, developed right. world. And numbers show the yeah. exact opposite. Who, who's right? Exactly. Uh, war room well, or, or uh, the Biden regime? Steve, as we often say, uh, price is truth um, and data and evidence. Numbers are reality rather than narrative. The reality right now is, according to the PMI, which is a key gauge. It's not like I'm cherry picking something that's obscure. It's a key gauge watched by traders, economists, money managers all over the world. The U.S. is literally the worst in show. There is not another developed economy in the world that is in as bad a shape as the United States. And I want to push back with the numbers, with the data, uh, because a lot of the liberal narrative I've noticed right now, the corporate media, the White House, et cetera, is, well, these are global forces, you know, as, as if uh, we somehow are just being swept up like tumbleweeds and, and blown along. And we don't have anything. Uh, policy has little impact. That is simply not the reality. We have the worst economy in the world. And by the way, I would also argue that Joe Biden has created a lot of the weakness globally, largely because of his unnecessary escalation of what should be a regional struggle in Ukraine. But the reality is the economy here is terrible. It's the worst in the developed world. It's continuing to get worse. Now, I bring all that up, not just simply to depress people, because a lot of people are very aware of this in their personal lives, but also to give the political urgency to this incoming House GOP to start to fix this mess. We didn't make the mess, but we have to fix it. It's imperative because middle and lower income folks right now are barely getting by. The only way they've been able to cope is via an explosion in credit card debt. The most recent report from the Fed, credit card debt soared at a clip that we haven't seen in two decades in this country. So it is a really perilous time. It's financially speaking, not a very happy Christmas, not a great shopping season for so many Americans. So there has to be such urgency on this incoming House GOP to start to, to fight back against this created economic crisis of Joe Biden as reflected in the numbers. If we allow uh, if we allow Mitch McConnell to cut his deals in Shelby, it's a big story in Politico. I've got it up on Getter right now. If we let them have this omnibus, which is a massive stimulus, you know, it's two trillion dollars, right? Pre-financing yep. charges. Uh, is, is there any way we can sort this out if that is to pass? It will make the path incredibly more difficult. I don't want to say impossible, Steve, because we simply have to try. Uh, but it would be a, a disaster and a tragedy if those Republican weakling, quizzling senators do this to us, particularly Shelby, literally on his way out the door. If this is his valedictory message, um, you know, his his swan song act for the people of Alabama and the people of the United States, that would be absolutely shameful. He cannot do this. Uh, please call your senators, write your senators. It matters. This is a crucial week. Uh, Cortez, how do people get to you on uh, social media, sir? How do they follow you? Yeah, please follow me on the getter. I'm at Steve and I'm on Twitter at Cortez, Steve Cortez with an S. Cortez, thank you very much. Are you guys thank awake? Do I, have, I got pretty, 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 pretty low. I want to make sure we're not low energy. 
We've got the posse here at AmFest. Charlie Kirk and the team at Turning Point USA is fantastic. Natalie Winter is my wingman for the next couple of days. We're going to take a short break. Going to go back to Rome with Ben Harnwell. Got Natalie, got all of it. And of course, we're going to do some interviews live here with the War Room Posse next in the War Room. Offer from My Patriot Supply. They're knocking off 25% on their four-week emergency food kit. That's 25% off the four-week emergency food kit. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now to get this great deal. My Patriot Supply is charging less so they can help American families more. This amazing price. So get it while you can. These days, you can't depend on anything else but yourself for survival. Get this food today. You'll be grateful for it tomorrow. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and save 25% on each four-week emergency supply food kit. Your orders ship fast and free. Don't wait for the shelves to be empty. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. MyPatriotSupply.com. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bath. Okay, welcome back. We're here at Amfest in in Phoenix. I have a question. the The doors don't open <laughs> until nine o'clock. How did the po- local time? How did the posse get down here? Remnants of it get down here at eight o'clock. How did you do that? <laughs> so we, we got some that said they slept here. These two snuck in behind me. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I can't vouch for them. What about you guys? How'd you guys get here? I just, I just kind of hung against a wall and just snuck right in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got the brick. He had. The, he, he went with the brick. We're 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 like the honey badgers. We don't back down. We're coming in. <laughs> I just want to give you guys a flavor of the dedication of the War Room Posse, sir. Can you please tell me what your shirt says? Says the War Room Posse, we came out here from Dallas, Texas, me and my man here, just to support this show because we believe in it, believe in Steve, and I, I know I know my stuff up and down, so, uh, you know, what he brings is the truth, and I'm able to see that through my other resources, and he just hits on so many subjects, we can call him the guru, you know, and he's a teacher, professor, you know, he, he just breaks it down so good, so. And look at that action, action, action. We got that. We're, 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 like, we're straddled like, on both like, sides. I'd like to introduce my new agent. Yeah, right. there it is. Yeah. Hey, you know, the, be- the best compliment, Steve, that I heard all weekend, uh, a, a lot of folks in this crowd, the MAGA crowd, followed Rush Limbaugh for years. I grew up on Rush Limbaugh, and uh, I had several people come up to me and say, Steve Bannon is the new Rush no, Limbaugh, no, 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 and no, to no, me, no, that's no, like, no, 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 I, I, and again, yeah. when I hear that, that's yeah. just like, no, but anyways, no, 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 no. this, guys, this is, this is what it's all about right here. You guys right here. Yeah. are what it's all Amen. about. It's America. Where are y'all from? Originally California, but now the USA because we're full-time RVers. Uh, oh, San wow. Diego. San Diego? I feel like communist America, California. Tom, yeah, there you go. And you're Dallas. Dallas. Where are y'all from? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Right. Wow. Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri. Virginia. Virginia. Local, Scottsdale. Local. We got one local wow, and everybody yeah. else is it's from amazing. everywhere else. Amazing. What's what I want to know, what what's the uh what's the temperature of like for the RNC chairmanship? The people oh. are talking about that? Oh, I think we got here, we got one Harmeet. Okay, who's going Harmeet? Who's going Mike? I, well, I thought about it. I really like Mike, but Harmeet makes sense because her her background in law and she can fight that like on the she can fight that issue. Oh, okay, the, the real question, any Ronna McDaniels, <laughs> any Ronna McDaniels, oh, no. raise your hand. Oh, no. Zero. Hold it. Any Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell. Okay. okay. We got okay. some Mike Lindell. How many Harmeets? 
Harmi- it's about 65-35. Yeah, Not too I'd sure. say about I'd say What about, about a combination of uh, Harmeet and Mike Lindell as a combo? Yeah. <laughs> Anything but Rana. Hang on for one second. We're going to come back. This is the early crowd. These are the guys that snuck through the... Uh, these are the true honey badgers. Hey, War Room Posse, nothing but trouble, right? Going to get into trouble. Let's go to uh, Rome. I want to bring in uh, Ben Harnwell at the Vatican. Ben, you absolutely called it. As soon as this thing happened on Saturday night, you called it right away about what happened here. The Pope did this, right? This is going to lead to a major, I think, bifurcation in the church. Take it away, sir. Morning, Steve. Morning, Natalie. Well, yeah, I mean, the reason was simply looking at the statements that were that were put out by the authorities. It was absolutely clear that the fingerprints of Pope Francis were all over this. And of course, digging in, looking at the canon law experts, it, it is the case that only the, the Pope can issue a sentence like this uh, of, um, of laicization uh, for which there is no appeal because he himself is already the ultimate authority. Going back to one of the questions, Steve, that you asked Father Pavone earlier, it is absolutely clear, and it has been for, for many years, that all of the major existential crises facing the Judeo-Christian West right now, the figure of um, Jorge Maria Bergoglio is behind every single enemy that the Judeo-Christian West has to confront. And the Pope himself has said explicitly he's against people who talk about defending the Judeo-Christian West. Really, however, I don't know how much time I have, uh, but the, the key takeaway on this, I'd like to say, is that neither of the supposed crimes which Father Pavone has been um, confronted with, which are disobedience and blasphemy, merit the punishment of laicization, that is to be defrocked. To be absolutely clear, he hasn't been removed from the priesthood. Uh, in, in Catholic theology, that's not possible. Ordination is like baptism. It's an indelible sacrament. It can't be taken away. Well, what the Vatican has done is taken away Father um, Pavone's official sanction, if you will, official license to, to celebrate Mass uh, and all, do all the things that, that, that priests do. Uh, the, the reason... And I think that's interesting here is, and you know, if you want me to go into it, I, I can do it. But all the cants, all the, the, the hypocrisy you hear from the contemporary post-Vatican II church about the importance of the laity and the role that we're supposed to have in, in the Catholic church, these psychopaths behind us still think that being laicized is the worst form of punishment they can put on a priest. Right? That is the point I want to make. They talk all the highfalutin, all the high-sounding words about how important the laity is. For them, being reduced to the lay state is a punishment. Right? These people need to be held to account. How much is this? Is Father Frank right? Was this because he backed Donald Trump and backed up? Because Donald Trump really backed the values of the Judeo-Christian West more than any president since Ronald Reagan, sir? Look, there is, there, that is, I think, the, um, the proximate cause of this. I think there's something more deep and more substantial going on behind this. And the nearest parallel I can think of is the, um, that I'm going to lean on in illustrating this, is the disagreements that Archbishop Fulton Sheen had with his, um, his bishop, his diocesan bishop, Cardinal Spellman, back in the day. And it's the same thing. The bishops these days, they're, they're made, they're like, 
they have queenie hissy fits if they're not taken to be the most important person in the room. Now, I don't even remember the name of this bishop um, um, in, in Texas where, uh, where, uh, where uh, Father Pavone is supposed to be incarnated. Absolute nobody, right? Father Pavone has not just like a national brand, he has a global brand. 15 years ago when I worked in the European Parliament, Priests for Life financed some conferences that I organized. That is how much good work they do. So you can imagine on a personal level when they're having these meetings, no one knows who this diocesan bishop is, right? And yet he's talking to someone who is who like, has a following, social media following of many millions of people before you even start off on the issues of church politics. That is going to rub these people because they're very shallow, right? They're very shallow people. Um, Their style of leadership is based on being passive-aggressive, right? So you can imagine the situation. It's not going to go down well from from day one, and it hasn't done for Father Pavone because he's very effective. And these bishops, they insist on being adored and stroked and cultivated. Um, And I think it's it's the same thing with with, with Cardinal Spellman and Fulton Sheen 50 years ago, 60 years ago. Fulton Sheen, very holy man, had national uh, recognition. And And these guys, they don't like it. And the, the, the most unhinged, queenie, hissy, passive-aggressive psychopath in the Catholic Church today is the guy behind me who calls himself Pope Francis. Um, and this is a great illustration of how a fish rots from the head down. This is also why this is going to be a schism. Uh, Natalie, tied to the... Uh Tied to McCarrick and the Chinese Communist Party and what happened there when McCarrick cut the secret deal with the Chinese Communist Party. And McCarrick is what was the American Pope and absolutely corrupt uh, stem to stern. Sure. Well, what we're seeing right now is, I think it's fair to call it political persecution. And it's no surprise because the Pope has been in business with the Chinese Communist Party, particularly Cardinal McCarrick. Um, he's a name you hear a lot, but he was really the point person in negotiating the deals between the Vatican and the Chinese Communist Party. But I think people know about his involvement with China. You know, obviously China chooses their own negotiators, whether it's trying to get to the bottom of the origins of COVID-19 and the World Health Organization, or even in the case of McCarrick. But what's so interesting, and of course, no surprise, to any of the war room posse is that there's actually links to Hunter Biden there too. CEFC China Energy, which is one of the foremost Chinese Communist Party influence groups of which Hunter Biden was actually a managing director of. Cardinal McCarrick had actually attended a ton of their conferences in Washington, D.C. He was a contributor to their online magazine and some of their other uh, written forms of publication. So it's just a perfect example, not just how the Biden family, it's not only Catholic in name only, but they're actively undermining the faith, really a allowing the Chinese Communist Party to subvert it. You know, Pavone said uh, that it's a deep church, just like the deep state, and it's exactly the same actors who are trying to undermine and subvert it. The Chinese Communist Party, Democrats, uh, it really is, it's just awful. This this ties directly back to uh, Cardinal Zen. I think the holiest man in the world. Cardinal Zen on trial in Hong Kong by the Chinese Communist Party. The Vatican will not step up for him, not have his back. Right. They, they've cut a secret deal with the Chinese Communist Party to allow the CCP to pick the bishops in, in China and to start to terrorize the true underground church. Remember, the biggest fear she has in all of China is Christianity. He says it all the time, particularly evangelical Christianity. The, the underground Catholic Church is quite strong and robust, but relatively small. Evangelical Christians may be 100 or 200 million in China alone. You're seeing evangelical Christianity in Brazil, in China. It's the tip of the spear. And this is why the Democrats freak out of this concept of Christian nationalism, right? Nothing freaks them out more 
and now you've got the Pope. And these left-wing bishops here in this country have backed the Democratic Party. That Father Pavone is out for one reason. He's been at the forefront of saying, hey, Donald Trump has done a tremendous job. He's put in three Supreme Court justices that will reverse the death sentence on these innocents that has been given uh, by, the, uh, by Pelosi and Biden in this radical Democratic Party. Uh, ben Harnwell, your thoughts? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Apart from the fact, I'd simply say it's easy to get justice in Hong Kong because occasionally the courts do go against the CCP in Hong Kong. Easy to get justice there than it is in the Vatican. Here, if you'll, uh, if you'll notice with Father Pavone, presumption of guilt, no jury, no right to confront your um, um, accusers um, and zero appeal on, on the procedure. The, the, in, in, in England, we left this behind in, in 1215 with Magna Carta. Right? That is how corrupt this institution is. And then the Pope will get himself in front of the television cameras on the world stage and talk about justice. Ben, uh, uh, real quickly, we've got about a minute. Is this going to lead to a bigger breach in the church right now between traditional Catholics, Latin mass Catholics, the traditional Catholics and Bergoglia in this crowd in the... Uh, this corrupt crowd in the Vatican? Absolutely, Steve. And it's already uh, taking place and it has been taking place for a number of years. What this, the, the one positive fruit that I will attribute to this pontificate, this so-called pontificate, is now it is possible for faithful Catholics to come out and say in polite society that it would have been unthinkable um, 20, 25, 30 years ago about the direction of the church. In fact, if you don't want to say these truths, people will think there's something wrong with you. That is, you know, if you will, Bergoglio has been so bad, he gives license to, to traditional faithful Catholics to call it as it is. Ben, give your social media. You've got a new show that's up uh, every couple of days. Talk about the show. Give us your social media before you punch. Thanks, Steve. Uh, it's, everything is on my profile, on my Getter profile, which is at Harnwell, simply my surname, at Harnwell. Uh, we do it Monday to Thursday um, uh, in Italian, and that goes out on at War Room Rome. Uh, and then the following day it comes out on my personal profile with English subtitles. It's all on at Harnwell. Ben, ben Harnwell. Do we love Ben Harnwell? Yeah. <laughs> ben. Ben, you've got a huge, huge following over here. Huge following. Thank you so thanks, much. Guys. Appreciate it. Okay. Steve, no, thanks uh, very much. They're going to open. Okay. Short commercial break. We're going to come back to this crowd here at AmFest next in the war room. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range and with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. 
iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, all one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, we're live back here at uh, AmFest in Phoenix. And by the way, we've got the War Room Posse has snuck in here before the opening. (laughs) But now we've got... (laughs) I hate when they do that. Um, now we've got backup. Jane, the new federal state of China has made its appearance. Take it away. Well, they are taking down the Chinese Communist Party. All and right. I'm joined by... All right. Yeah. yeah. Take down oh, the no. CCP. I am joined by Prince. Prince, can you please tell us about the new federal state of China and your mission to take down the CCP? Thank you so much, Jane. The new federal state of China is our vision for a free and democratic China. And we're here at MFAST 2022 to tell the entire world that the Chinese Communist Party is the biggest existential threat, not only to America, but to humanity. And you know why that is? Because the, under President Xi, the Chinese Communist Party is a godless communist regime that actively teaches people to hate God. And I know as a man of faith that without God, our humanity would cease to exist. So for the sake of Christianity, for the sake of humanity, we must, and we must, and we must do it right now, take down the Chinese Communist Party. All right. Take down the CCP. Take down the CCP. Take down the CCP. Take down the CCP. Wow. New federal state, I got to tell you, has a huge, I think there are 40 or 50 people here today. You got a booth. I'll be doing the TV show with them later. They're interviewing everybody. Prince, thank you guys for coming. Stick around. New federal state of China. Let's go to Nevada. Seagal Chata ran for the attorney general. Ma'am, you had that election stolen from you, but now you're involved in another election. Tell us what's going on about this RNC, the the fight to be the chairman of the RNC. Ma'am, your perspective on it. So, good morning, Steve. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, the, the election for the RNC is something that I would have never had any interest in because I was a first-time candidate. You know, I came from the litigation field. I, I'm a lawyer. I'm a 20-year lawyer. And, you know, th- this is not something that I would have ever even uh, been interested in, but for running for office and seeing what happened in Nevada with the RNC. Um, You know, last week you had a a few guests on and it really piqued my interest. One of the guests that you had on was Jeremy Hughes, who was my first consultant. Um, And then there was, as you know, there was a bunch of back and forth between Jeremy Hughes and Kurt Schlichter and Amanda Milius. And 
um, you know, I started looking into what the RNC did here in Nevada, which was nothing but obstruction. Um, and let me preface this Steve, by the fact that I'm, I'm not a uh, committee person. I was never involved in the intricacies of the party or the RNC. Um, and I think there's a lot that needs to be told about how the RNC functioned here in Nevada, which was from a point of obstruction. Um, I do believe that the RNC specifically obstructed half-hour ticket, and it's a shame, and people need to know that. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You had Laxalt, you had Marchant, you had yourself, you had pure fire breathers. These are three, Laxalt for the Senate, yourself for Attorney General, Marchant was the leader of the coalition plus, and you guys were up, I don't know, 10, 20,000 votes before it was stolen by the Culinary Union and the Harry Reid organization. What do you mean, the RNC wasn't helping you? What do you mean they were obstructing you guys? So, you know, in, in my particular race, and Stephen, you left out Michelle Fiore, who happens to be the National Committee woman here in Nevada. Um, the RNC did nothing to help the slate. And let me be very clear. When I say obstruction, in my particular race here for AG, um, there was, look, I was chosen to run by the chairman of the GOP here in Nevada. I had litigated cases against our governor. I prevailed against our governor in the Ninth Circuit. Um, I had litigated a few cases against the governor here. So really what they wanted was they found an attorney. Um, I come from a heavy litigation background, both federal and state criminal defense and civil. Um, I... I actually sat on the bar, ethics and discipline, for 12 years I was on the committee. So really they've kind of found a star here in Nevada to take out Aaron Ford. Um, so when the chairman of the GOP approached me to do this, you know, I, the last thing I wanted to do was ever participate in private, um, from the private sector in politics. And, you know, and everything was all fine and dandy until... I started to build a narrative that I was going to take down political corruption because anybody who knows Nevada knows that political corruption is rampant in our state. And it starts from the municipalities all the way to the top. Um, and it seemed like the tide had turned against me around July, August. I found out that um, my former consultants, November Inc., were really harvesting and trying to find somebody to run against me in the primary. Um, and in, in January and February, they found that person. That person was Tisha Black being represented by an RNC consultant, Christy Wilkinson, who was getting paid by the RNC, was making $81,000 from the RNC, and representing my primary opponent and getting paid by Tisha Black's campaign. So the RNC is, is essentially... Hang on. Is this a problem just at the Nevada state GOP level? Or are you, are you saying that the RNC, the national level, is where the problem is? I think that there was, there's a systemic problem with the RNC itself. It's either a lack of oversight or a deliberate act to obstruct uh, America First candidates. Um, now, I because my race is was so emblematic of what we saw here in Nevada that RNC consultants, 
were essentially collaborating with, um, you know, more left-wing Republicans to obstruct half the ticket. Um, myself, Michelle Fiore, and Michelle Fiore is the biggest heartbreak because she actually is an RNC committee woman. Hang on one second. Seagal Chatal, Chatal from Nevada just lost a very tough race for the Attorney General. She's going to take a short commercial break. Let's hear it for her. Back in a moment. Years have proven that we need to be prepared. We constantly see government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflict, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. Having reliable communications is essential. Now, don't get caught without reliable communication. And I'm here to tell you, your fragile cell phone simply won't cut it. It will not cut it. That's why I've partnered with the Satellite Phone Store, so you can stay prepared and assure your vital communication stays private. They're one of America's largest satellite telephone companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. Right now, they have a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. Get a free Amerisat satellite phone. 150 monthly minutes, free United States domestic number, and free rollover minutes for only $99.95 plus tax per month with an annual agreement. Now go to SAT, that's SAT123.com, SAT123.com slash Bannon, and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That's SAT123.com slash Bannon. Do it today. Take action. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. 